Peace, y'all. What's going on? Are you interested in starting a podcast and getting your voice put out there? Well, have you heard of the app Anchor? Anchor's the easiest way for you to make a podcast. Now, let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools inside the app that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to start a podcast. Join today and you won't regret it. We back. It's us again. Y'all know the vibes. Y'all know who it is. We do it for us. We what, nine episodes in. If y'all ain't tuned in now, y'all don't know who we are. My name is Damari. Yo, 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 you know who it is. It's your boy Cozy, a.k.a. Bacon Titties, a.k.a. Mr. Dewey, a.k.a. Morning Dew on your grass, a.k.a. I love you. I'm back at it again. I'm in the shits. I'm with the shits. I'm touching the shits. As long as I'm not licking the shits, it's all good with me. You feels me? And what's up, guys? It's Vinay back in the building once again. This is the We Do It For Us podcast, so let's get into it. It's time. You know what it is. I'm putting y'all on some good shit, some nice sound, and some beautiful melodies. You feel me? This week, we got our boy Civil in the building. He, he ain't really in the building, but he he on this shit. I'm talking about from Broward County, Florida, repping the Broward. I've known this brother for a while, about six, seven years now. I've really been tuned in with his shit, so I hope y'all tune in, too. You can follow him on Made by Civil on IG, Made by Civil on Twitter, as well as listen to him on SoundCloud, Made by Civil. And on Apple Musics and Spotify, he goes by Civil. We're going to play this first track, All I Want Is You. Let's run it. I know what? Rewind that shit, turn it the fuck up, and listen to that shit again. Because y'all thought I was lying. But I was civil on the fucking beat. Too. We got more shit on the way. So this week, we're going to be discussing Kevin Hart's new comedic stand-up special, and we're going to get into it. All right, so, man, look, man. Kevin Hart's newest stand-up special. When did this come out? I don't... Why don't they never show, like, the specific dates on here? Anyway, it was, like, last week, right? November. That's that's how they have it set up. It's November it came out. November. Okay, so November 2020, Kevin Hart put out his latest stand-up, Zero Fucks Given. What a title. Um, I, I say this. Kevin Hart, one of the few comedians that have really done it at his level. He's packed out a stadium. He's done extremely great in box office, has been in, like, 15 different movies with The Rock. Um, and obviously, he's, he's, he's very prominent in Hollywood. Um, but this latest stand-up, man, 
having it that set up in your house, that's set up in his house. That's how you know he got money. That's that's that setup. So like I was like shit when like on the intro itself, you're like, okay, this nigga in his house, okay. I guess it's one of those things where it's like it leads from his house and he hops in his car and then drive to the place, but the setup was in his house. It was like a den style thing. So that's how you know, like, the house is pretty fucking nice. Nigga said to his family, I'm about to go do some work. I thought he was going to go down in there and just, like, write up some jokes. <laughs> but look, we'll get we'll get to the joke soon to kind of involve the three of us. Okay, what do you think about just comedians, the, the way it's set up now, obviously with COVID? Would y'all attend, like, a show like that? Like, real intimate like that? Like, mm-hmm. how about you, Vinay? Well, I haven't seen it set up, but you got to describe it to me a little bit more, and then I'll let you know. No, I'm just saying in general, like, if there was a comedian you wanted to see with, like, regulate, with COVID regulations and everything, well, like, would you go to, would you, like, you got to wear your mask, and it's more of less people in the room, and it's more of an intimate setting. Would you, like, enjoy something like that if you wanted to see the comedian? Let me explain the setup to you. So it was about the size of, I would say it's, like, bigger than a living room, like, you remember, like, a classroom? It was, like, the size of a classroom. Would you say the Dillard Auditorium? No, 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 no. It was more It was more like the black box. Yeah, it was more like the black box. You remember the black box, Benet? Yeah. Yeah, so it was more like the black box. It had, his, like, his, you know, his, his some seats and, you know, his, his little, like, platform and, you know, his main stage and shit like that. It was, I would say there was no more than, like, 20 people in the show. It was, like, more of a right there type of situation. It was like a kickback. I don't even say kickback. It was more like a um, what's that? What's that kind of show? It's a show, but it's not like a a full blown concert. It's like those poetry sessions. I forgot what they call it. Def Jam, uh, Def Jam poetry or something. No, no, not those. Not those. Like, like where um, like Matt be performing slam. and like how some folks be performing. And honestly, it was very intimate. Like, it, I wouldn't say like intimacy, but it was intimate. Like, all right, the presenters like right there is like only. 20 people in the room and it's like really a nice presentation yeah okay so once once i because i obviously okay he he, he intro with his family you know and um then he got into his stuff now i don't remember the first joke he told that pizza oven joke was a like that whole who, who did he say had a, had a pizza oven was it um he was referencing like He's like, so-and-so doesn't have a pizza oven. And everybody comes over his house and, you know, he, he gets recognized for something other than just his celebrity. And it was like, it just it just wasn't a good joke to me, honestly. It just wasn't a good joke to me. Um, obviously, he always talks about his kids in every one of his stand-ups. But that's a good thing, though. But... Really, when it came down to the jokes, you got to think of the title. Zero fucks given, right? What did you expect him to do? Because when, when I'm thinking about the title, zero, I'm not even thinking about the title. Zero fucks given. He is saying he's going to talk about shit or talk about these people with no fucks given. Like, it, he doesn't really care. And it was a good thing because he's talking about these people. He's talking about some situations. That's like, yo... You wouldn't want to talk about it, but because if you care, but if you if you obviously don't give a fuck, he's gonna talk about it. Like the whole thing with his daughter, I think that was a very zero fucks given kind of thing. I liked it because it wasn't a I'm on your ass type of thing. It wasn't a oh let me try to be PC because he even talked about it. 
being a celebrity before was the most idolized thing ever. And now all you want is Instagram likes and money because you no longer wants to be a celebrity celebrity. You don't want to be one of those topless celebrities because now you're on the watch list of everybody with social media. It was a great thing that he was talking about some situation that people wouldn't even want to talk about because now that's like he does. He's really saying, I don't care what you got to say about me. I'm going to do me. No, but that was the problem with this with the special. Like he kept reminding us of what cancel culture did to him in the previous years when he approached his other stand-ups and he did the same thing. Like if you're gonna go there, like the zero fucks, like it wasn't that much edgy about the special at all. And Kevin, and be clear, like the reason why I like Kevin Hart, really, for like it was really more so reason why I liked like his first two, three stand-ups. Was because not because Kevin Hart joked you to death, because Kevin Hart was just good with his mannerisms, kind of like how Martin Lawrence is good at just acting out his jokes and the way he says shit. That was more so where I found Kevin Hart to be funny. He's gotten a bit older, right? You know, the man's still fit and everything, but because he wasn't the the, the premium comedic jokester, it's like these jokes aren't hitting for me because he's not acting them out the same way. They don't sound the same. It's not coming off the same way. Hold you know? on. Serious question, though. So, like, you guys believe that Kevin Hart is funny? Like, he's a... You guys, like... Aside from this particular, like, special he put out, over the years, you did you guys feel like you could connect with him and, like, he was funny, the movies he was in? Y'all fuck with that? I fuck with his movies, because, you know, he's a good actor. He's a great actor. If you saw some of his older movies, he was a great actor in some garbage-ass movies. But... I don't know about great actor, though. Soul Plane was funny, though. Soul Plane... All right, so he's he's acting like he got stuck on a toilet, and he won a settlement, and he made his own airline, and now he's fine. The love of his life so happened to be on his airline. Pretty good fucking acting for a guy who's like who has all these different, you know, he got who 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 got on it? It got Snoop Dogg. It has um that was Terry Crews on that? No. I, I think no no, I don't think Terry Crews was was on it, but he got Snoop Dogg, it got um Oh not Cal Williams. Mo, Mo I forgot her name, but she was in Monique. Monique, yeah, Monique. They got Monique and it got it has uh that white family. That shit was funny as fuck. It was funny, but I'm saying, you're saying great actor. No, the story, like, whoever wrote the film, yeah, it was a funny film. Like, it was really funny. It was. But I don't know. Kevin Hart, great actor? Get Hart, yes. Then what is Denzel Washington? Amazing. You're talking about two different genres, though. You're talking about comedy versus action and sci-fi. All right, Eddie Murphy. Now that's an actor. Eddie Murphy? Eddie Eddie Murphy can switch it up. Eddie Murphy was a stand-up comedian that transitioned into the film, like the film world. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Kevin Hart, though. Kevin Hart has been in so many movies. I mean, when you look at the track record with comedians, if they're really making it to the a, a next level of fame, they do the comedic route, and then they go, they either get TV shows and they do movies. Uh, I don't know if that was the case with Will Smith, but we could definitely use Eddie Murphy, Martin Lawrence, um, Jamie Foxx, kind of, for an example, Bernie Mac. Like, they've been in shows and movies. And, like, 
this is my personal opinion. I never found Kevin Hart to be that funny. And frankly, Soul Plane was funny. But when he started doing these movies, like with like Tiffany Haddish, The Rock, I feel like he overacts a lot. Like he was in the Jumanji movies. And it's just like, he's really playing off of that stereotype of, oh, I'm a short black man and just loud for no reason. Like, I think that's his judge and he like overuses it. That's all like, I don't really fuck with him. Damn, Vinay. She, she's just a she short grew- black man complex. No, Napoleon complex, huh? No, 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 Kevin Hart does not have a Napoleon complex at all. Like, because a Napoleon complex is really you're short and you have to make up for it for by doing a lot more than you have to do. But honestly, you might not think he's funny, but you, we can all agree Kevin Hart is, I would say, this is a true statement, the hardest working comedian Ever. Now, what are the what are the um, attributes and evidence to back that up? That what makes him more hardworking than a Cat Williams or a Steve Harvey? Because they all say it themselves that he is the most hardworking person they will ever meet. Cat Williams said no shit like that. He would never. He beef with that. He's beef with that until this day. He would never say no shit like that. He would say some shit like that, bro. A lot of people who's worked with Kevin, hey, we, I have never worked with Kevin Hart, but almost everyone I've seen who's worked with Kevin Hart says this. Kevin Hart is one of the most hardworking individuals. He walks into the room and he works hard. He puts in hours of work. I'm not disagreeing, but you said that that's how Cat Williams would feel. Somebody like Cat Williams, I, I don't... I never heard that come out of Cat Williams' mouth is what I'm saying, because he's been known to beef with Kevin. So I don't even think that would come out of his mouth now. But honestly, in general, um, like I said, Kevin Hart's laugh, laugh at my pain. I'm a grown little man. Seriously funny. Those are the three Kevin Hart stand-ups for me. Those are the three that's like, okay, these are funny. Even even the the title, grown little man, like he plays off the fact that he's short, which is fine. I just feel like I never said like a Napoleon complex. I believe Damari brought that specific term up. I just feel like he does do a lot of overacting in like movies and shit. And it's like, there's a level that you get to in fame when it comes to comedians that you just not funny to black people anymore for the most part. And I feel like he's way surpassed that line for me. Oh, so he's like white people's like, oh, okay. I, I kind of, and I've kind of, he's like. Like how it is when you're an artist and you blow up or whatever you're doing and you blow up, your audience changes. So his audience is no longer niggas in a comedy house, niggas on the street. It's folks who are willing to pay, you know, six, seven hundred dollars, even thousands of dollars on a seat on the front row of his, of his, of his, uh, of his shows. You know, because I'm pretty sure if I don't know if those the audience, he never said no one said anything about the audience in, in his in the special this time. But I'm pretty sure those people paid thousands of dollars to sit in that room with that man. So your audience changes. And that's a natural thing, though, no matter what you do or where you at. You know, remember when uh, famous Dex looked out into a crowd and saw all his all the, all the motherfuckers at the concert were white people. So your audience changes the more fame you get. Yeah, that's no cap. I, I'm sure they play, They paid a lot of money to sit in that room. It's just that, like, as an artist, that's comedian, producer, rapper, any of that. Like, you should change, too. But, like, I feel, though, as though, like, Kevin Hart has become cornier with time. Money's grown with time for sure. And I commend him for that. Good for him and his family. But, like, I just feel like that sense of connection as far as what's funny is getting lost with age 
and the tax bracket of people that he surrounds himself with as well. That's just my opinion. So some of the jokes he even made were totally different than what the jokes he used to make, because now he was joking about his kids being in private school and how, you know, they're asking him to be a greeter and how he even said he's at a level of fame that you can't ask me to be no fucking greeter. Like you can't ask me to do some shit like that. You can't because he's no longer who he like at what one point where he was. You know, he doesn't care about, you know, some some issues. He can no longer talk about some issues because he's no longer in that area. He's no longer with those people. How would we feel? Because obviously we're saying, you know, he's just getting cornier and cornier, same jokes. It's no diversity, right? So wh- how would you feel like if Kevin Hart took maybe a different approach and maybe sort of his take on more of the world issues? Because he's always talking about his family, his life, which is great. That's what you know about. And I'm not saying it should be, like, forced, but, like, what what if he were to give certain takes about some of the real-world shit that's going on? Do you think that would change anything? That would make him poor. That's what that would make him. That would make him poor. But Dave Chappelle does it. And I'm not saying he's not Dave Chappelle, so be clear. He's not... Kevin Hart is not Dave Chappelle. But Dave Chappelle is not poor. No, no. That's the thing. Kevin Hart has a lot more money than Dave Chappelle. Yes. Why is that? Because Dave Chappelle keeps it real to a certain thing. Like, you know, he that's his that's what he does. He talks about those issues. He goes for those issues. And even a lot of times his show and all the shit that he used to do used to be about those issues. Right. Kevin Hart did not take that approach because of the fact that that does not make you. Well, that doesn't make him famous. He probably did take those issues. But after doing some review and talking to some people and even some boardrooms he sat in, he realized that some of that shit is not something that is going to amplify his growth as an as as a comedian, as an actor. It might have diminished you guys to like thinking like, oh, he's a sellout, but now that he's talking about situations he can relate to, like more than what he can't relate to, because you got you got to I put Kevin Hart in the same boat as I see Will Smith because when you talk about these people you are no longer talking about and this is a true statement they don't see these people as black people they see Kevin Hart as Kevin Hart and they see Will Smith as Will Smith not that black guy Will Smith or that black guy Kevin Hart so if he talks about those issues he becomes that black guy and he does not want to become that black guy that's obviously what he's moving from i mean I, I get what you're saying so it it then becomes is money more important than the character or the content of your art like what's more important you know the quality of your your comedianship or the money and i guess we can agree that kevin hart's gonna do what gets him paid he's gonna stay maybe in a safe zone as, as safe as he can be by talking about his own life but the thing is that's very that leaves a huge disconnect for people who can't relate to having their kids in private school, for example. I mean, we could know about it. It's just like that. I guess that just happens with time. But somebody like Dave, Dave Chappelle, I could say he's funny no matter what. He has money. He might not have as much as Kevin Hart. Somebody like Cat Williams. He, To me, Cat Williams is one of the funniest fucking comedians that I've engaged with. Top three, in my opinion. Facts. And... He's been paid. He's been on a lot of shows. He's kept it himself. But, like, I don't think that somebody like Cat Williams has been able to break that barrier past, like, 
movies that are encompassed with black people and black production, though. So that's something to think about. Yeah, because those those Kevin Hart films have some big budget. The Jumanji movies are big budget movies, bro. But you got to remember the level of art and the level of things that they're doing. There's two different people. We they, These are not the same person. So what Kevin Hart, what we might say is, and this is basically what we're saying, Kevin Hart be selling out and he's no longer talking about the shit that we care about, all right? But that's not for us to determine because he he has a different lifestyle, a different way than some other people. Some If he was selling out, he would be... Like, you know, really selling out, like selling ass on some shit or like really doing some shit. But not even Terry Crews, because Terry Crews, I believe, was a harder situation for Terry Crews. If you ever listen to the Terry Crews interview he does, um, it's a very much harder thing, especially in the courtroom. If you ever watch the actual video. I'm not talking about his actual case. I'm talking about over his career period. Yeah, but Terry Crews never really. That's the thing. The case is a part of him, is a part of his career. So. You got to look at it and say, what is the selling out for these artists? And are they selling out? Because we really don't know. Because some people say, well, they're selling out. They just say, man, man, fuck it. They don't care. And then there's some people who say, yo, selling out has put me in a worse position than ever. And we probably will never hear about if Kevin Hart sell out until either after he dies and he put and they put out a documentary on him. Or if he ever decides to switch it up and say, well, I'm tired of what I was doing and it's time for me to make a change. But other than that. I honestly can't say he's doing anything different or he's like his his audience changed. So his jokes has to change. That's one. And he's always been that kind of that type of person. So that's what made him him. So I can't say he's doing anything different. Well, he is. He's he's just adapting more, but he's not doing anything out of the ordinary. Okay. So what would a part of selling out also be the performative acts that you do? Because it's like, remember with the whole Dave Chappelle, because obviously the Netflix, you know, they recently uploaded the Chappelle show. And when Chappelle talked about that skit where um, it was the, uh, what, what was the skit? You know which one I'm talking about, Joe. The racist pixie? Yeah, that one. And he talked about that skit. And it was like, when he was doing it, the reaction that he got, like the way they were laughing at him, but not laughing with him. Like his take was more so just to, bring light and I guess bring some, I guess a light to the issue, but it didn't get the reaction he wanted. So it's kind of like Dave Chappelle, like if it feels like the sellout thing, is it just a performative thing is what I'm saying? Like, is it just based off of, are you just placating to it? So do you have to actually, what, what is really the, the guidelines in terms of really selling out is more so what I'm trying. Yeah. So I, I feel as though a tough say, but not really. Because, you know, if it turns into, like, a group of people laughing at you, but you know it's going to make you money, you're basically foregoing, like, morals in a way because it's like, okay, I'm going to start dressing up like an old Black woman and the stereotype that people perceive Black women to be in hopes for coin. And I see a lot of Black men do this. Now, it's not to say, oh, feminization of Black men. That's not what I'm getting at at all. It's the fact that people, we know this is a hot spot and people like that kind of thing of acting out like female affectations. And so you get laughed at, but it's like, is that really who you are, my guy? Or or no. And the same thing with, we could go back to Kevin Hart. I feel like he does a lot of the yelling and screaming and da 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 like, 
it's it's like, bro, that's I don't know. So it, is this, you would say the substance of the comedy is being lost. I think it's heavily diluted in shit that you expect white people to laugh at. So mm, the angry, the angry black, you know, the... Yeah, I mean, I get exactly what you're saying because that's exactly what pretty much Dave Chappelle, his show kind of did, but he kind of did it in his own unique way. So there's always like a way to do it. So it's kind of like, I don't know. Uh, when it comes to entertainment, it's a very fine line because it's like we want we want people to touch certain issues and we want to laugh about certain things, especially with comedians. Like, you know, and there's been, you know, and you could probably bring up the subject of whether because there have been a few white comedians that made like N-word jokes and have used the N-word like freely and, and shit like that. So it's like there's that, too. So it's like. This thing with comedy, is there certain things that should be off limit? Like that's what I'm saying. What's the guideline? Should there be should there be a certain limit to where a comedian can take it? No. 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 I don't think so either. I don't I, I don't think so. It's just you better know what you're doing when you make the joke. If if you make an outland whatever people perceive to be an outlandish joke, for example, if you're white and you're trying to make an N-word joke, you better hope that bitch lands. This is something. Comedy started off as the opposite side of tragedy. So anytime there was something sad going on, they used to make comedies about it, right? So comedy is only subjective on the person because there are so many jokes out there and so many things that happen that are funny to one person but are not funny to others. And that's why we get that whole cancel culture thing and all that shit. Some people feel like, oh, that's not funny, yada, yada, yada. Like the whole thing about um, what Kevin Hart used to say, with that whole Twitter thing, he said he if he finds out his son is gay, he's going to take a dollhouse and break it over that nigga head. Like, when Dave Chappelle was talking about it, he was, like, saying, like, yo, that's a whole nother level of, of, of hate because, obviously, that was a joke. First, you have to buy that nigga a dollhouse first to break it over his head. That's what... So, a lot of it is, even if it lands or if it doesn't land, it's about your audience and what you're doing. And the whole thing about selling out is it's only individually... Like what? What happened with that whole uh, T Pain thing that had, though he was doing an interview, and he said that Akon offered him twenty thousand dollars for a career, and I think Interscope offered him nine hundred thousand dollars for his song. If he sold his song, he was you know he got almost a million dollars right there. You can say that was a sellout, but he chose the opportunity to go with Akon for the twenty thousand dollars. And you can look at that and say, damn, that nigga's a sellout too because he's going towards a career that he wants or something that he wants rather than making the money that he know he can just make right now and pay his bills and be good with his family. It's about the person and the art because if you are making your art, it, even if we're like such as this podcast, if we start talking about the shit that the share room talk about, like a motherfucker break up with their boyfriend or, you know, they got together or, or a future baby mama, we selling out. But why is that not just... Couldn't you just be reporting on what's actually going on? Like, why is that, like... But, so, so if we do it, is if if I start talking about Iggy Azalea and Playboy Cardi's relationship, and I'm talking about details and all these rumors and shit like that, shit that I don't know about, I don't know these people, I don't know anything about, and I talk about that on this podcast, am I selling out to you guys? You I might just actually care about their relationship. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it depends, because, like, then you got to think about the perspective and the avenue you take with how you would break that down, because we're a podcast that kind of, we like to add our own unique perspective. 
I feel like you start selling out when you do whatever you can for a bag. That's when selling out starts to come into play. So if I'm a if I'm a record company that that only signs artists that, you know, talk about what's going on in the community, conscious hip hop music, but now I need to cover the cost of the company. So I'm signing what I know sells like pop music. I'm gonna sign a pop a pop artist that has nothing to do with the integrity of our label. I feel like that's an example of selling out. You know? So when you become desperate and when you're willing to compromise that's selling out. That's at the end of the day. That's what it is. When you become desperate and you're willing to compromise your art, whatever you're doing, that's when you are sell out. Because now you are no longer doing it for you. You're trying to do it for whatever reason. And I know about anyone else, but on this podcast, on this network, on this media, we do it for us. So I don't really give a fuck. Well, like well, like Vinay said, if there are certain jokes that are made, you better hope that bitch lands. But it's definitely, like, the comedic space is definitely for just intuitive creativity. Just create, like, creators in general should not compromise what they intuitively feel like they want to put out into the universe. Like, it's going to be very important. It's just going to resonate with who it resonates with, in my opinion. Yeah, I feel like comedy, it shouldn't have any boundaries. But you could instinctively tell somebody who's pushing boundaries and trying to joke about different things and experiment with different things that's fine to a degree for me but you can tell when somebody's foregone their whole entire morals and starts doing movies and all that kind of stuff and they're overacting and they're just doing what they know will sell like they've packaged themselves into a box and they stay within that box because they know that's the the bread and butter for them to me that's a sellout no names name though I mean, we are clearly talking. All right, let's just keep it up. But obviously, Kevin Hart fits into everything we're talking. Wait, real quick, Joe, real quick. Bro, literally everything we're describing, Kevin Hart fits into this box. And I love Kevin Hart, but everything Vinay's talking about and everything we've said, and I know Joe don't agree with it, but literally with, throughout the stand-up, he keeps on bringing up, he kept on bringing up cancel culture and like, oh, I don't want to say this. And, you know, everybody's getting offended about that. And, and they still criticize him for making that, that whole joke about his daughter, even though it was a joke but some people like no you don't make that joke so it's like even in that so it's like even in censoring himself it backfired so it's like honestly you cannot compromise at all that's just my my opinion when you get to that level it's that level of fame and you do change your demographic understand you're dealing with a certain group that there's not much you can joke about outside of stereotypical stuff so, I mean, the money is great. I like get the money, but like I I definitely could tell who's doing what for a bag. It's like you can't lose. Like for me, I'd much rather support somebody who doesn't lose their their like their pizzazz and modify it, of course. Go above and beyond with that pizzazz, but keep that bitch, you know? It's it, you know, it's tough. I I feel for him in certain aspects. I do. All right, so that's all we got for this Kevin Hart topic, man. Uh Share your thoughts and feedback. If you had any thoughts on the, the special at all, you know, you could uh, let me know when we drop the episode if you got any thoughts about what we talked about pertaining to this topic. So, yeah. Yo, yo, yo. Y'all boys tap back in. Y'all, you know what time it is. It's time to play that new shit, that brew shit. You feel me? It's made by Civil. Uh, back at it a fucking again. Y'all thought it was one time. We playing this shit the whole episode. And what I'm talking about, this is some fire shit. This is some fire shit. We got Lane Switch by Made by Fucking Sue. Oh, where you get this beef? 
This song too legit. Who you know just cool as this? Oh my God, I lost my mind. Don't know what I did with it. Don't know what I got there with. I just drunk about this shit. Y'all be all up in the mix. They fake, they Friday kind of fit. I be... So I see it. I'm not really a family guy, but my dad think fatter than Peter. Got that bad dip in like Peter. I just might hit in the lead. You tripping on smoking on bird. Pull up, I like the pencil see bird. Pull up, to the beach, no bird. Pull up, I'm about to handle the work. When they put that beat, it's her. Civil go give him the word. Pull up, pull up, skirt. Pull up, he's still in the dirt. No, hey, this one too legit. Who you know just cool as this? Oh my God, I lost my mind. Don't know what I did with it. Don't know what I got there Y'all heard that shit? Motherfucker be lane switching. I'm about to lane switch my damn self. I'm about to hop into some new shit. I'm about to be a fucking Mormon. Fuck it. Because that's what we doing. We lane switching this bitch. That was fucking made by Civil again. We got made by fucking Civil. Check him out on SoundCloud. Check him out on Apple Music. And check his ass out on Spotify, too. He go by Civil. He go by Made by Civil. Tap in. Check through. All right, y'all boys. You know who it is. This is Mr. Do on the Grass in the Morning. I'm back at it again with the bullshit, but this time I got something serious, right? So I was thinking me, my homies, me, Damari, Vinay, and my other homie, who shall not be named, I was talking to them boys, and I was like, yo, I love it. wonder, is cancel culture real? Like, motherfuckers go on Twitter, they don't go on IG, they go on goddamn every social media, Facebook, and they try to cancel somebody. Like, we got Tory Lanez, we got even Megan Thee Stallion was being canceled, we got... Then their Kevin Hart was being canceled. We got so many different these celebs that are being canceled. And I was thinking, like, nobody even wants to be a celebrity anymore because of the fact that they get canceled. So I was like, yo, is cancel culture real? Is that a real thing? How y'all feel about that? Damari, what you feel about this? Um, I mean, it's real on the internet. So, I mean, which is... The thing about like our society and our generation with social media is that we quickly forget. So like when bad things happen, like we were quick to cancel somebody, but then I feel like celebrities, some of them, and a lot of them are really good at damage control and, you know, glossing over their image. Some good examples are like Jay-Z, Beyonce. Um, they're like people like that, they they know how to keep their image under wraps. So when bad things happen, they can pay people off. They can um, feed information that favors them to like media outlets and stuff like that. And then we forget about it. So it also depends on what type of celebrity you are. When you love, when 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 you're a celebrity that people love to hate, like for example, Azalea Banks, or who's another one? I mean, if we love to hate them, are they celebrities, or are they for just? Sure. I'd say they're still celebrities because, like, they they still get the fame and attention. They still get invited places. They're still in the industry circle. We, just as, you know, people on the outs, don't like them. I think I think Nicki Minaj is another artist or celebrity that people love to hate. I feel like Nicki Minaj's um, cult, not a fan group, cult, they, they can't, anything you say bad about them, that shit is dead. Off the same second you say it, you will automatically be deactivated, so nobody will even know what the fuck you just said. Yeah, don't don't mess with them barbs. The, that's what they call them. Yeah. So that's another thing. Like with this whole cancel culture shit, it comes with like these celebrities and their fans and their cult followings just gathering together to cyber bully people. 
because that, that that's the situation that happened what uh carrie care what was it carrie hilson when she said something negative towards Beyonce, something that the beehive didn't like and a lot of the things with this cult, cancer culture thing some of the effects of it can be real depending on where you're at in your career you get what i'm saying yeah, you make a great point. The whole thing about fan base, that that is huge. Like, you don't come for Beyonce and expect to have the same type of uh, positive energy being shown to you. Same thing with Nicki Minaj. Her fan base is pretty tight. I think X has a really tight fan base. You don't want to come for them. Like, some people could get out of a scandal if something goes wrong, but depending on who you are, you might never be heard from again. Like, I feel like... Has anybody really had much hype about Daniel Caesar ever since that scandal he had? Yeah, still fuck with Daniel Caesar. You know, it's crazy. It's like, I, I think we talked about this a little bit in the past before about the whole um, separating artists from their art. Um, Daniel Caesar was, honestly, he was just, he's Daniel fucking Caesar, man. He's, he's a Canadian. So it's not like you can, like, say much. Like, his experiences as a person gave us his music but they also gave him his personality. So, and that's the thing. Cancel culture can't be real if you still separate the art from the artist. I know Demari over here still listens to R. Kelly. So, I mean, you you separate the art from the artist. Don't tell people, that's, I don't know what he's talking about. That's no, he has no evidence or proof of that. But I'll say this pertaining to the Daniel Caesar first. And then I'll transition to what, because what Joe said has something to, to do with what, what I want to talk about, right? So I still listen to the album even after the whole Daniel Caesar situation happened. Like, I wasn't necessarily, I didn't find anything he said to be, it, it came, what he said came from like a slight, like it came from a, a an uneducated and sort of arrogant place pertaining to the specific situation he was talking to, but it wasn't his comments were so weren't that vile to the point where I said I was going to cancel this nigga or stop listening to his music. And it's interesting you bring up the for those of you don't who know know what Clubhouse is. It's a new chat room that's like bubbling up. You know uh, you got to get invite, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I was in there and somebody kind of had one of R. Kelly's albums in their top five, and it kind of sparked a sort of you know debate, and people got a little angry. So it's like, that's another thing, like, even when it's just, not just necessarily just um, just musicians, but creators, even when it comes, pertains to comedians. Because we know, like, there have been a few Dave Chappelle specials where people got really uncomfortable. So it's like, when it pertains to this cancel culture shit, like Joe said, are we able to really separate the creator and their personal life is really what I'm trying to get at. I, I don't know. I don't think that it's that effective unless you're on the rise. If you're already solidified in your career as an influencer, it's going to be a bit harder to cancel, but it also depends on what you're doing. Like there's somebody, I don't know all the details, but you have TikTokers out there kissing 13 year old little boys when they're grown women. Nasty. Mm -mm. That's pedophilia, but like they still get a lot of views and likes and support really. Even if it's hater or I hate you or I like you, like you're still tuning in. So you're putting money in their pocket. And that does translate over to their personal life. So depending on what the celebrity does, you can't really separate the art from the artist. 
I mean, you people do that, but not everybody does that. So that can't be a universal thing to determine whether cancel culture is real because everybody has their own set of values. You feel me? I, mean, I get what y'all are saying, but at the end of the day, you got like look at it this way: How many times have been Charlemagne been throwing out on Twitter about the shit that he does with Logic? Well, you know, who was it, Mariah Carey or some 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 hot celebrity? Um, so, and there's so many more shits that he'd be doing and saying that's everyone's Jennifer doing. Lopez seats when she leaves the Breakfast Club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, shit like that. And they'd be like, oh, you know, they cancel this, they cancel that, but they pick and choose who they cancel. And at the end of the day, that shit ain't real. Cause I don't know about anyone else, but after I heard or seen some of the stuff, I look into it. You got you, and 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 most of the time they just take things out of context. Like I remember I was listening and, and Kanye was, you remember when Kanye said, you know, slavery was a choice and everybody was like, yes, cancel Kanye because this man's obviously saying slavery was a choice. This man was explaining, he's like, I was talking about the music industry, like when it comes down to slavery, when you sell your yourself to these record labels and all these different things, you are no longer yourself and, you know, you're basically being slaved out by these people. That wasn't a part of the TMZ bit. No, that wasn't. Now, he could have came back later and said, you can tie what I said about slavery being a, jo- a choice to the what takes place in the music industry, but that TMZ interview was pertaining to chattel slavery. Nah, he said it. If you listen to the Joe Rogan podcast, he said Joe Rogan brought it up and said, that, Yo, but he didn't- if you, you had to hear it, bro. You, if you heard the Joe Rogan podcast and you, you talked in, he said, you know, Joe Rogan's like, Yo, what do you mean slavery was a choice? What do you mean? He said, Yo... Was talking about music. That's what he said himself. Not what he's. That's not. That wasn't when it happened in 2018. I watched the Joe Rogan interview, but I'm saying pertaining to his comments in 2018, he tied his. He was speaking specifically to chattel slavery in that instance, and then later on tried to tie in what he was saying with what takes place in the music industry. Like I said, that's all I'm saying. Just, just bringing. Hey man, it is what it is. But at the end of the day, I'm still listening to his gospel albums. I still listen to what he's doing. Nah, that shit is a frisbee, bro. Because a frisbee. <laughs> I don't like musically. It's like I don't. I don't know where he at. But that's we going into a whole. Now I don't want to get into Kanye West. Going to a whole different thing, bro. Because I'm talking about cancel culture, bro. You trying to you 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 Kanye bashing, bro? Don't let me get you canceled on Twitter now, because you're Kanye bashing. The Westians will get you, bro. The Westians will get you. Shit, that's what they're called. The Westians, that's what they're called? They're called, bro. I don't care. But at the same time, it's like, cancel culture isn't real, bro. None of that stuff is, is real because the internet is a medium, but it's not a real medium. Like, you can look at it and be like, all right, this is proof, but it's not like a real, real place. You can meet people off of it. You can see real places, but it's not a real place. You can't go to the internet. You can't find the internet like you can't just look up internet and just walk there but you can see things that are real on there you can see real buildings real people you can meet real people you can do real things but you can make real money but it's not a real thing like it's not a real place and because it's not real then things that happen on the internet some things can't be real too you can't one day decide to hate on someone and say cancel them and you know, everyone boycott this person because you don't like what they said. That's not, I mean, if you don't like what they said, if they're attacking you, if someone gay hears someone say something anti-gay, and if that gay person says, I feel attacked, that's the person who can talk. But if you're not feeling offended by some things, you can't cancel someone because you feel like someone is already offended. That doesn't make any sense. 
You got to stay in your lane. You can't lane switch. You know what I'm saying? You're not civil. You can't lane switch. I like that. <laughs> no pun intended. But let's give, let's give the people some context. In our own definition, what does cancel even mean in terms of celebrities and influencers? What are the parameters that define canceling somebody? stopping your support of that said person from what I understand. And when it comes to, and that's where the wishy-washy shit, because we can even bring up the whole Gucci shit that happened back in 2018. And I see Negroes all in Gucci. When the whole Gucci shit happened, I wasn't one of those people that was like, oh my gosh, this is an outrage. They see me as a monkey because I don't see myself as a monkey. Obviously you Negroes did, which is why y'all got mad. So my thing is, it's a very wishy-washy sort of thing. Like, they'll cancel it, and then months later, they forget about the shit and just be like, okay, so what? You overthinking it. That's my, you know, so it's not a, a consistent canceling that takes place. You, I don't know how to, because everybody think different, but there's people out there that expect everybody to think the same and hold the same standards, but you're not even holding yourself to the same standard. You feel me? And that's the biggest problem. That would be my reason why I would say cancel culture isn't real. I, now, should it be real? For me, I I would say I would say yes in terms of us keeping that same energy about celebrities that mess up past the boundary that we as a people are comfortable with. Like if we know somebody's a predator, as much as we like their music or like the movies, if this person abused women, their children you know, their significant other, people that work under them, treat them as, like, slaves, you feel me? Like, what are we supporting them for? They don't deserve support. So you don't even have to call it canceling. You could just simply withdraw that support and redirect that energy to somebody who is more deserving, in your opinion. Now, because people think differently, that, that, that I don't know that that could be, like, such a widespread thing, but I do know this depending on who that influencer is, a lot of people have lost support. There are some celebrities that have lost like, like a lot of support to the point where they've had to come out and apologize um, because they know that they've messed up. Like if you don't rectify this situation, if you don't sow some type of remorse, that's it, we're done. Um, Nick Cannon is one of those people that could be attributed doing that. Dwayne Wade, a lot of celebrities have gone back on some of the things that they said because they're afraid of losing that support. So it's a double-edged sword. Is it real in terms of keeping the same energy? No, but it's powerful in that moment to make a celebrity really change their tune 180. I agree with that. I agree with that. I mean, it depends on who the artist is and where they get their medium from. Um, with the shit that happened to Nick Cannon a while back ago, I feel like it's the only reason why he, it wasn't even, he wasn't even canceled really. White people didn't like what he said, and white people took this shit off. When Dwayne Wade, I don't know anything about Dwayne Wade, especially with his uh with his daughter. I've never seen Dwayne Wade in any action say anything bad about his daughter or or be put in any situation about that. So I don't really know any of that stuff. But if you're gonna say like cancel coach, you're, I, I get where you're coming from, Vinay. Uh, but I mean, I'm just maybe this just those examples that you said. I I, I kind of didn't understood. But I can understand where your where your head is at, especially with cancel culture. It's something that can, you know, change people's tunes when, you know, if they're an artist 
Like, if it depends on the artist. It depends on where their fan base is at. If you're a pop artist, let's say if you're Khalid and you start attacking white people, then you're going to say, oh, I'm so sorry. But if you're like NBA Youngboy and you start saying, man, fuck white people, it's not like it's going to change your whole tune. You feel me? Like, sometimes, depending on what your art is, what your your, your medium is, it's going to decide on who's going to cancel you and what is it for. Because... If you're an artist, if you draw, if you do something and you start coming for some people, you probably get more buys and more sales because of the fact that some people will align themselves more that you express your feelings about something. Or you might lose some sales and lose some stuff depending on what you said. If you're a white guy, you're always going to be winning because if you hate black people, you're going to get even more money. If you love black people, you're going to get even more money. If you're black, it's just a hard thing for you because it's a very touchy subject. You can't openly love or hate something that's not a company. And you got to be careful which companies you align yourself with because those companies can have their own things that they can be doing. Okay, so we could say, like, cancel culture is subjective in an aspect. But another side of it that I would like to talk about, because this week, like I said, I told you I was on this the, the Clubhouse app all week and shit like that. There was literally, because I don't know if you guys seen, because I know we're going to talk about, you know, music and shit like that later on. But I don't know. There was literally a room started about Jack Harlow's album cover and the fact that he had a black woman's leg showing. This is the type of shit I'd be talking about. Like, with cancel culture comes a flock of people that will just become mad about something they really have no reason being mad about. Like, they literally started an entire room about a black woman's leg being in his album cover. Literally. Not her face. Literally. Just her leg. And this is what I'll be talking about. Niggas want to have the loudest voices and express themselves when it comes to such minimal issues as an album cover. But when it's time to speak out on other issues or start to get to real initiatives, niggas is real quiet. My suggestion to niggas sometimes when it comes to this cancel culture shit Try to save that energy because I'm telling you, the state of the world now is going to need a lot of collective movement and initiatives. You should probably start preserving some of your energy to change your own situation and just stop airing out your grievances on social media. That's And that's another part of this shit. I feel like people be insecure, so they start certain conversations or let certain shit start trending or start certain chat rooms just to bash other people that they don't like. So that's another thing that you have to filter out through cancel culture. People have their own insecurities and grievances that they be trying to air out. Yeah, I mean, that happens. When you pop in and you got fame on you, you, in this day and age, you got to be so, so careful. I mean, like, any wrong move, and, it, and it's raps. Like, and that's just for the people who are coming, you know, on the, on the up and up, coming up, trying to get some sort of fame. But it's like, there's been a lot of artists, going back to Joe's point, I was talking about D. Wade in accordance to him kind of supporting Nick Cannon, and then he got backlash from, I believe, the Jewish community uh, claiming that he was anti-Semitic by association because he was so in support for Nick Cannon. But you've got people like Boosie, who've been in hot water, Nicki Minaj by association with her brother, uh, quote-unquote, being a sexual predator. You, Drake, like... A lot of people have been under fire to the point where they feel like they have to apologize. And this is my point here. How much do we have to tiptoe? Like, it's so crazy how we have to tiptoe around things 
to the point where we can't even breathe no more hardly like you like to the point where some people just want to be mysterious and say nothing but still have the clout but then that sucks because you can't put your personality out there so i mean it's it's difficult i i don't know like i feel like as you navigate through life you're gonna make mistakes and people tend to forget that on social media you see this influencer and think hey you're you're perfect like you can't mess up as if they're not human beings just like us but now i will say this i have boundaries like i'm not gonna support a, a sexual predator i'm not going to do who's sexually assaulted like people i'm not doing that people who endorse like mass slavery and all that i have my reasons it's just like some people just do cancel people for waking up in the morning so i don't know it's crazy a lot of these niggas is just not they don't want to go up on breakfast because that's another thing when it along with the cancel culture shit there's also these other these online platforms whether it be youtube channels or web web series or podcasts right that when it comes to the cancel culture shit that's a lot a lot of their commentary is surrounded by what people are mad about this week so when it comes to platforms like the breakfast club also i watch like although i watch them a lot of their topics and way they phrase questions especially charlemagne comes from a very slanderous standpoint like it's to like i'm gonna take the i'm gonna bring the most slanderous shit that has been said about you on the internet and bring it to you and ask you what you think about it and it creates a very uncomfortable environment for an artist so who the fuck would want to you know what i'm saying so like i don't go on the internet and then it's like i don't want to talk about this shit in the interview so it's like yeah i'm gonna just just cut the shit off completely i get it now you feel me you know it's crazy because and some of the artists or even obviously artists the, the let's say the celebrities and the people who are actually blowing up and doing some things right they notice that cancel culture is on is not real uh, the only reason why they do that they're apologizing so most of the time is sometimes if it's really that bad they just say you know they apologize just to kind of just end the conversation they apologize to get rid of some things and then they say you know what I don't like this, bro. And if they if the conversation keeps going on, they just say, bro, I'm done. I'm not talking about this no more. I remember when, who was it? Um, no Jumper did a pot, did an episode with uh, Black China. And Black China, you know, she doesn't do any interviews and stuff like that. And she was like, oh, I only want to do music. And, you know, he was just trying to talk about, you know, her and her personal life, who Black China is really. And she was not for it. She just got up and left because she wants to do what she wants to do and as an artist or whatever you're doing content creator seller distributor whatever you are whatever your 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 passion is whatever you're celebrity for you got to let some things go because it's not going to affect your money sometimes there's so much people can do people hate on you and still go out there and watch you i don't think i remember i remember that one motherfucker who paid for a gunner ticket just to go to a gunner concert just and bought a shirt just to call that nigga gunner fat just to call this man fat, he paid for a ticket to see Gunna Live just to call this man fat. Just because you get canceled doesn't mean that you you know anything else. There's just people just like talking shit and doing shit. And a lot of people just dick writers. So that's just how it is. It's subjective, but it can ruin you. So we can't sit up here and act like it doesn't have an effect. If y'all are out here being bigots, if y'all are out here being racist, 
and you are famous and that catches up to you, it's going to do damage. So don't let don't let it being subjective fool you into thinking I could be an I could be a horrible person. Like, no, it'll catch up. That's all I gotta say. What's in the dark shall come to light indeed, indeed. With that being said, y'all boys, I'm about to throw this shit back in the gear, about to, you know, you know, put this shit in third gear, you know what I'm saying? You got really um you know, I got some more tracks by civil. I want y'all boys to hear. We got lost for words by civil in the building. We got this shit. We got this shit turned the fuck up. Y'all boys love the first two tracks. Listen to this bitch too. Check this shit out. I told you about all that thinking when emotions involved. There's a time and place for everything, and you pick the wrong one, but that's a problem that's about to be solved. Oh. guys so basically i want to get into something that's recently been circulating around nothing heavy or anything like that but it's the end of the year so you know for artists who do music basically it was the spotify 2020 wrap-up list which shows you know an artist streams and breakdown for that particular app um a lot of people who are big or even underground probably got like 500k up things like that even 80k those are numbers to be proud of but specifically i want to talk about some of the artists who are just starting out or have been doing music for a while and they were kind of disappointed in their numbers this year um me personally i just started releasing music last year um and i had a plan and things like that but then covid hit and no excuses no excuses but I saw my numbers and I'm not disappointed in it, but I know a lot of people, my peers, and even people that I've seen post about it are really disappointed in numbers that are like 10K and under. But really like, why does that disappoint us? Is it really just a numbers game for us? Like, what are we really in the music for? Cause I know for me, I'm in it for the art. Of course I wanna make a profit off of my dream, but like, I'm so grateful for those who took the time out to listen and invest in my artistry in the first place. Like, I see y'all. And speaking from our point of view, especially since we just started putting our shit out, I'm glad that some artists are see. I know this one guy, this was supposed to be, this is going to be one of my artists one day, but I know this one guy who just started putting his music out there too. And already he's at like a good, I think 60, 60K right now, streams. And, you know, he's proud of it because he just recently started putting music out there, really started putting shit out there, and his shit do slap. So, and it's his first year. You know, there's some people who got millions of songs out there. There's some big artists that got millions of songs out there, but, you know, they're not getting the views or the streams they think they should be getting. And 
because this game is a streaming game now, it's not a buying game that, you know, sometimes we put too much things or ideas and saying, well, I'm not getting what I want, but you're never going to get what you want. If you're expecting so much, then you go out there and, you know, hit a Selena Gomez or who was it that one year that they saw different phones streaming their song or some shit like that. Go pay someone and go stream your song then, bro. Because if you're expecting that, then that's what you need to do. And I know Damari, honestly, Damari was afraid to put our shit out there because he was like, no, that's not what I expected, bro. I'm like, bro, it doesn't matter what you expect. It's about what you're doing. The fact that we're doing it is the biggest part. Let's not, what we're not going to do, I'm going to give the people context. You like to just say Damari said and then continue with some shit that I had context to or some shit I didn't say. So I'll say this. Pertaining to this year's wrap-up, um, you know, I know Vinay said music artists and stuff like that, but obviously we're podcasters and we obviously had a Spotify wrapped up because our spot, our uh, podcast is on uh, the Spotify platform. And yeah, generally, I guess you can say when I saw the wrap up, it was like, ah, oh, damn, two countries. But and then you're seeing because it was I'm going to speak specifically to podcasting and then I'm seeing like the other podcasters numbers, but I had to understand as well, even though it was like, I'm just now starting this and these other people have been doing it for longer than we have been. So that's something I also had to filter in my thinking. Um, but I did post how many hours we had. And the reason why I posted the hours is because I wanted to realize, and it was, it was, I was just grateful to realize that, man, this is the amount of time, you know, going on nine episodes, but still a lot of time put towards something. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's the part I really didn't want to miss. And just generally speaking, and the question I kind of want to pose is, should this even matter to artists and creators? Because like you said, like Joe said, we're living in a streaming game. We're not living in a, the buying, uh, the buying game necessarily when it pertains to music because very few people really buy music these days. They pay for subscriptions to stream music. Um, so it's like, that's where you're seeing the influx of artists merch. So it's like, there's other metrics where artists can gauge their success really. And this can go into a whole thing about how, you know, how, how Nipsey's $5 mixtape shit helped influence a lot of that buyer music market when a lot of the streaming shit was coming in. But it's like, Artists have to find different ways to gauge your support. Just don't look at just your streaming numbers. It's nice to look at those things and post those things, but there's other metrics you can gauge your success and support at. Well, before I get into anything before what you just said, Damari, I want to take this time to just express positivity and love to the people who do rock with us right now. You guys are what uh, we call in marketing the early adopters. Um, for the however many people that listen to the We Do It For Us podcast, thank you. You are seen, and we love you. I love you. Um, you, 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 came with, you. You came onto this train at the very beginning, and I'm excited for you guys to see us grow and what we're going to turn into. And I can't wait to look back at this episode and be like, dang, remember when we had this amount of followers this year? And look at where we're at now. But is this a streaming game? Honestly, Damari, you guys, I think this is bigger than that. Like, it's it's a psychological thing. Like, when you are so uh, lumped in with everybody else on social media, all the other artists, you know, posting their stats, and it's like, dang, this dude got 200K and 200K streams, and here I am. I got 12 songs out, and I only have 50 streams. I only have 500 streams. Like, that could be 
uh, mentally exhausting for an artist who's been putting in that work, that money for studio time, buying beats, the business side. People don't even take the time to even understand what's going on on that end. And it could be it could be a mindfuck for a lot of people. And it's difficult. And then you could even attribute this to just wanting more for yourself, not even just more streams, but you want that lifestyle. You want that financial freedom and the fans behind you um, that'll be able to pay your bills and, you know, afford you to travel to Rome whenever you want to and all of that. You see people like Lil Baby out there getting like, like uh, freaking jewelry chains for his birthday and like- $900,000 worth of gifts. I'm saying like, Niggas want that too. And I understand. But like, I think that we have to be realistic in the goals that we want as music artists. And like, also don't lose sight of the people who are rocking with you right now because they are your most valuable players in this game that we're playing. You know what I'm saying? Focus on them because once you focus on them, they're going to focus on you and spread the word about you. It's not that your music is trash. It just takes time and it takes opportunity. Don't listen to her. She lying to you. She is <laughs> you. Your shit is trash. Some people's music may or may not be trash. I mean, it's all subjective. Like, some people might say Blueface is garbage, but he appears to be living a lifestyle that a lot of us want, and we can't deny that. Same thing with people like Lil Pump and Lil Tekka, all these people. But, you know, it's just about timing and opportunity. Don't get... Don't get bogged down and caught up in a numbers game right now. Look to the future. Understand what you want and start working for that, you know? Because where you're at now doesn't have to define your future. And that's another thing, like, because I don't want to segue, because I don't know if we're going to, if this will segue into a Grammy conversation, but literally, we had, Drake is the, we would say Drake is literally the, one of the biggest artists, if not the biggest artist, one of the biggest artists in the world. And Obviously, throughout the, you know, the whole Grammy nomination thing, uh, the, you know, that whole conversation that took place last week, the clip of him when he accepted his Grammy, I believe that was in, what, 2018, I believe, or 2019, this Grammy shouldn't validate every single one of you creators. Like, it shouldn't, a lot of the decision-making that takes place at the Grammy boards, you're dealing with a lot of people that are very disconnected from what you are and what your vision is. And that's my main thing. Everybody's not going to see your vision as creators, not just musicians, but creators, because we're now talking about artists and podcasters. And this is create. And like, honestly, if we being honest, when it comes to these streaming platforms, we got to talk about a lot of, there's still like a conversation that has to take place about the payouts. Cause like, so I, I understand what artists go through because it's like you're dealing with these streaming platforms, you're getting pennies for your music, you're not getting paid high off of streams. Yeah, a lot of you niggas got a lot of streams, but niggas is not eating off of that shit for real. So it's just nice. So really, as an artist, you have to create other mediums to where people that um, support you can and recognizing their support in those areas and not just what spotify tells you they are apple music and not getting wrapped up in just the the show and the presentation of things but really trying to gain instance of what you're creating and who's supporting you you feel me it's I, from my experience doing what i do as a music artist and now a podcaster it's so much more than just putting out content. It's so much more than just having good music. There's a lot of artists out there with good music. There's a lot of people out there that have great podcasts, but nobody knows who they are. We have to know who you are. We have to see you. We got to feel you. You feel me? So if you're bummed out about the, the, the 2020 wrap-up, 
Don't just look at the streams as your determinant factor once again. Put in that work in other areas, like your business, making sure you can be profitable. Because like Damari basically alluded to, just because you got a lot of streams, that ain't going to pay your, your fucking bills. You feel me? Like, you got you to gotta put in that business work, you know? And just look ahead. Look to the future. Do not get caught up in this numbers game. And it's just a flexing game. Like, with the Grammys, let's talk about the Grammys competition, right? Like, a lot of artists that I wouldn't have expected to be pressed were pressed. My nigga, The weekend. Was Yo, pressed about a Grammy? Look, this is and this is what and this is gonna see because now I don't want to rant, but it's getting it's gearing towards that. So when I'm seeing all this stuff about you know, because um, I, I heard like, obviously I saw the weekend post, I saw the the clip of you know Drake and his speech pertaining to that. I heard um, QC, P at QC speak out about how, the fact that Lil Baby did not get nominated for the Hip Hop Album of the Year. Every single year, Negroes gather around in this industry and get upset we're dealing with the same said white people or disconnected black people at these Grammy boards that don't understand your artistry or your vision or what you've truly impacted or how you've truly impacted people with your music. See, what I'm not going to continue to do is continue to have these arguments about people that are obviously disconnected and they have been for decades. This has been a decades upon decades of this same conversation of being recognized as the Grammys. Like, even when Weekend got nominated in 2017, although I felt that was an album that was worthy of a pop album nomination, he got pushed to Urban Contemporary. And now we're in this year to where he was not nominated at all. So it's like, st Negroes, stop and I'm using the word Negroes in such a very, you, you understand how I'm saying, not in a, a condescending way, but just black people and black artists, period. You have to stop, unless we're gonna create our own, and that's another thing that Drake was talking about, creating another, something else to where we can truly recognize our, where we can truly be recognized in our artistry for what it is and how it's impacting people. I don't wanna continue to have this same Grammy conversation. It's going in circles, like you're, we've, and saying the same thing. Honestly, me personally, I don't feel like accolades should make us. I don't, I don't, plaques are cool. I see how it's become something, but it's because we made it become that way. It's because we like that. We like getting RIA certified and, you know, platinum gold, paper plastic. We like that. But it doesn't have to be that way. Like, Somebody like Nicki Minaj never got a Grammy. Tupac never got a Grammy. You can't deny their greatness. You can't. So it, it boggles me when I see people arguing of, over, like, platforms and, and spaces that we have no control over. <laughs> it's like, that we don't run. What do we expect? You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, I feel like we're arguing over who's the best, and the answer is nobody. It's subjective. Just like cancel culture. This shit is subjective. Like, everybody wants the brightest chain. Everybody wants the fastest, newest car. They want the newest technology. They want the respect. They want the accolades. But none of that really makes you at the end of the day, my nigga. What is your character like? What's your soul like? You feel me? Like, and, and I feel like social media, I love it. And we need it now because it helps with a lot. But also, don't get it twisted. Like, it's really altering how we view things for real. Like, at what point do you stop and think, if I take this chain off right now, my music's still gonna bop? 
if 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 I don't have supermodels in my section, my music's still going bop because I'm affecting somebody. I know that somewhere out there, somebody's listening to my music and is like, damn, Vinay, you, you helping me with the music, or damn, little baby, you really making me think about the system for real. Like, we're affecting people with our music, whether it be a negative thing or a bad thing. And I don't think any accolade could ever compare to who you are as both an artist and a person. Let your fans be your accolades, my guy. You know? No, I don't know. Fuck them fans. I want this diamond platinum chain, man. Fuck them niggas. I'm going to be the balliest nigga on the planet. I'm going to have the fastest Rolls Royce. I'm going to have the biggest chain, the biggest house. I'm going to be shitting on niggas. I'm going I'm to I'm print out pictures of niggas and, and wipe my ass with them because fuck them niggas. Fuck them niggas for real. Yep, said truly by the ignorant Jigaboo himself. <laughs> man, I don't give a fuck. My chain gonna be the biggest. My bitch ass gonna be the fattest. Y'all niggas just, you know what y'all sounding like? A bunch of po-hustling ass niggas. Y'all need the accolades, because y'all don't got shit. You know they hang your people from chains, right? And you want the same chains? They got two. They gonna hang me. They gonna hang me on the shiniest bitch they got. Mm. Mind you, mind you, mind you, this is not respectability politics in the slightest. I want our people to go out there and shine and flex. I want us to be in the mansions that we desire and the cars that we want. I'm just saying, I want us to remember that doesn't make us like, please don't be out here feeling invalidated because you posted a song on SoundCloud and it got seven views or got seven plays. Don't be invalidated because you didn't get a Grammy. Like, don't be invalidated if your song went gold instead of platinum. You feel me? Because it's not the, I really don't think it's these accolades that make you. I don't think it's the house that makes you. It's you, the people you rock with on a personal level and the people that rock with you on an international level. And who cares if we only got plays in two countries? What's the, one country is fucking, fucking what, 350 million people? That's true. I didn't really think, I didn't factor that into my thoughts. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it's all about perspective. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm going to start with me. And I think we should start with this podcast too. Us three, y'all boys. Like, we shift our perspective and we just keep doing us. Of course, we got to be good on the, we got to be good on the business tip, no cap. But like, I don't think people are going to be able to touch us for real because people are going to be competing for chains and cars and like, the newest designer and shit like that. That's just not my personal interest. But like, when we get that too, that's just the cherry on top of the cake. You feel me? Yeah, those are just little trinkets because I for sure want a fast car, be clear. I, I definitely want a fast sports car. Uh, these are just little trinkets they throw at Negroes just for them to be quiet. Like, here, here, Negro, shut up. There, you got your little award. Now take a picture on Instagram and show everybody. Little stupid, like this. That's that's what it is. And if you don't think that's what it is, then you're 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 sadly very mistaken. So, you know, going into 2021, because obviously, you know, social media creators, artists, content, all these other, just every everything that can be consumed and seen, you're gonna have to understand that whether you're a content creator, or artist, whatever you are, whatever you're putting out there needs to be a true representation of who you are. And then you'll be able to truly feel and read the, and you won't feel guilty about it. There'll be no shame in that because you stuck true. It has to be a true expression of who you are. Yo, we got our last track. I'm sad to say this. We got our last track that we playing, but it ain't the last track that he has. Check him out. Made by Civil on SoundCloud. 
Check him out. Made by Civil on IG, on Twitter, and Civil on Spotify and Apple Music. You feel me? This is the one of the hottest artists we got on this shit. We we really blowing this shit up. Y'all check him out. Y'all peep in. We got Glorious. This that 50 thou for a verse, bitch. Put the beat in the hearse when I ain't rehearsed this. This that write my curses and cursive. This is perfect. Stained glass in your churches with a quiet sample on the chorus. In other words, this is gorgeous. This is glorious. 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 Pause. You got all gold on your bracelet. All cold on your chain just to embrace it. New whip like you run the slave ship. Just so you could race with the racist. Gold instead of silver in his braces. Since you broke up, he ain't even patient. Stalling like, just be patient. But your new man got a new plan. All white bins, cross cool clan. All white sheets, it's likely she might be addicted to shoot game. But it's Yo, that was fucking glorious by Made by Civil. But wait, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I want this is gonna be just a little sneak peek on some shit we're gonna talk about another day. But Floyd Mayweather is gonna fight Logan Paul in February. What the fuck? That nigga gonna die, bro. I don't. That's I don't know what the fuck is going on out here. I'm really just. I, the, honestly, I just want I just want us to get to. I just want to get to January first. Honestly, that's that's just my only thing, right? I just want to get to January. I don't know what the fuck niggas is doing out here. I'm <laughs> that's some money grabbing, you know it. <laughs> but but Logan Logan Paul gonna get his shit rocked first round. That shit gonna be so funny. So so with that said, we're gonna get into music updates and uh, for music updates. This week on the hip hop side of things, El Capo Deluxe by Jim Jones. Uh, Lil Bo 3.5 by Lil Yachty. Uh, the Hustle Continues by Juicy J. Welcome for Vegas by Stunner for Vegas. G-I-H-F by Rallo Rodriguez. The Balancing Act by Static Selector. And what else this year? Oh, uh, Amine put out Lim- a deluxe to Limbo. I'll fuck with the original, but I, I haven't heard it yet. Um, Wish Me Well 2 by YFN Lucci. Nightmare Vacation by Rico Nasty. I wanted, I don't know if Vinay was going to say that one, but I, I haven't heard it yet, but you could talk, you know what I'm saying, you could briefly, if you heard it and shit like that. Uh, let me just get to the R&B side of things. Young Baby Tate, After the Rain, is out. Another up-and-coming R&B artist. Uh, no Love Lost by Blast, B-L-X-S-T. B-L-X-S-T, I don't know if it's pronounced Blast or Blast. I don't know how it's pronounced for real. Uh... Raheem Devon, What a Time to Be in Love. Put that out as well. I heard it. It's really dope. And, and Aaliyah Sky's new Transform EP, Aaliyah Sky. Uh, I've heard some, I've heard the round and round single that she put out. Um, y'all go check out that project streaming on all platforms for show. Hear me? That, that's all I got. That's all I got. That's my part from music updates. That's all I got. Well, he kind of covered some of the shit I was going to talk about, too. 
But the only music update I got for y'all boys today is the Miss Summer by Odie. Check him out. Odie really fucking good. I don't know where this man is from. I don't know how I found this man, but this man is a good ass artist. California Poppy 2 by Rex Life Raj. He dope. My fault. I forgot about that. That was dope. I listened to it. I like Rex Life Raj for sure. I mean, we all know. Well, I'm sorry to say this, but we we missed the biggest one. After December 1st, you know who year it is. You know who what time it is. Mariah Carey dropped her Christmas album again. A fucking again? Isn't like the 20th time? She drops it every year. No. A money grab, a money grab, a money grab. I'm what? sure John Legend's dropping one too. <laughs> At least throw Alicia Keys in there. She got the Mariah Carey's Magical Christmas Special plus Apple TV original soundtrack. And it has all the songs plus a video. Uh, a, a, wasn't there not a video for the original song? Yeah, so it's just the album. It's like a visual album, I guess. Oh, and Shawn Mendes' Wonder, Holiday Deluxe. See, that's the see, that's the side of music that I'm like, Sean, when you like names like Shawn Mendes, like I don't. That's why I start getting lost. I don't know why Shawn Mendes is fucking nice. What's and then we got some other shit, but. They're mostly Hispanic albums that dropped recently. A lot of Hispanic albums dropped recently. So if you're Hispanic, I don't know how to pronounce them, but you know which ones they are because you're Hispanic. But I love you all. Keep that. Lil Boat 3.5. Out here on the west side, west side, west side, west. Listen, that might be my favorite set of Yachty songs I've heard in a minute. I don't think people give Yachty enough credit for being a lyricist. And I just, I'm really onto the, like, the ignorant Atlanta swag right now. Like, I'm just, I don't know if the Jeezy versus Gucci Mane, like, versus competition kind of tricked it off for me. But that's just what I'm on right now. Um, yeah, he's a GOAT. Like, he's going to die a legend. That's just how I feel right now. A legend. Yeah, you're right, bro. Lil Boat will die a legend. That's, that's, that's a known fact because Lil Boat, you remember when they said Lil Boat was dying out? Like, the nigga just, like, fell off. And Lil Boat came back and, like, who fell off? Like, and almost, like, what, three songs he did. Damn near every time an artist is, like, like what he did. He did it with um, Drum, who's also now called Shelly. Um, he did it with... Drum changed... Sorry, Drum changed his name? Yeah, Drum changed his name to Shelly. He goes by Shelly now. I think after his mom died, he kind of had a, a, a lot of positivity. He tried to really try to change himself up. He went through a lot of things, but you know he's Shelly. He's been working out. He's gotten slim, and he's he's been doing him, and it's great. I, I love the I love the nude Shelly. This is a music update, but you know who else got slim? Kevin Gates. That man is a slim motherfucker now. He said he'll eat your bitch out. That's what he said. These are his words, not mine. If I was gay, I would too. No cap. Jack pretty good looking. You see that ponytail? What's wrong with you, bro? You tell me that shit wasn't that clean. Joe, there's a lot of niggas walking around with ponytail, but you choose Kevin Gates. That's what you want? Because they ugly motherfuckers with ponytails. That's, a, that's, that, that's, Kevin Gates, one of the cutest niggas with the ponytails. No homo. I mean, please, if Kevin Gates ever hear this, I'm not calling you cute, but, you know, the ponytail nice, bro. Honestly. Vinay, any more for music updates from your side? Please, quickly. <laughs> no, I see, like, you trying to GTFO DeMar. So it sounds like that's all we got for, for this week's interesting episode. Um, <laughs> look, man, um, 
every week I'm having more and more fun with this shit, man. Uh, y'all just continue to support us, and um, we're going to continue to be consistent as possible and put out high-quality content, man. And if I'm not mistaken, that's all we got for this week, right? Check out check out Civil. Check out Made by Civil. Check them out. Check us out. Check out um My Morning Jacket, if you already don't know who My Morning Jacket is. um Check out Kevon Alexander, check out Damari McCoy, check out Vinay. I don't know her last name. Um, goddamn, check out my billboard that I have on uh, 63rd. Uh, check out everything, bro. That's not you. We out of here, man. That ain't you. <laughs> Goodbye, y'all. See y'all next week.